This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. We do everything a finite number of times, and yet we tend to take even beautiful moments for granted. And the rest of the time we're just trying to get through stuff. You're just trying to get to the end of whatever experience you're having. What you can know, however, is that each time you do something, pleasant or unpleasant, that is one last time you will do it. And there will come a time when you will have done something the final time. And you will rarely know when that is. When is the last time you swam in the ocean? Or went camping? When is the last time you took a walk just to take a walk? As you go about your day today, consider everything you're doing is like this. Everything represents a finite opportunity to savor your life. On some level, everything is precious. And if it doesn't seem that way, I think you'll find that paying more attention can make it seem that way. Attention really is your true source of wealth, even more than time, right? Because you can waste time being distracted. So this is just to urge you to take a little more care connect with your life. Some of you will recognize that voice. That's Sam Harris from his Making Sense podcast, episode number 286, The Paradox of Psychedelics. And don't let the name scare you off. Clearly, this section is not directly about psychedelics, though it does have to do with focused attention. And what you pay attention to is closely coupled to psychedelics in that they can, so I'm told, not a practitioner myself, open your aperture, so to speak, And Sam says earlier in the episode, free you from the prison of your perception of existence. Heady stuff, to be sure, but not unapproachable. And again, we're not talking about magic mushrooms and ayahuasca today, so don't worry about that. I'm saying all of this to say that even if psychedelics aren't your jam, don't discard everything that's said here. Perhaps I'm a little too concerned about it, but rest assured, this episode is not about that. Now, Sam Harris is an author, philosopher, neuroscientist, and of course, a podcast host. He was born April 9th, 1967 in Los Angeles, California, to Berkeley and Susan Harris, and completed a bachelor's in philosophy from Stanford in 2000, and then went on to earn a doctorate in cognitive neuroscience from UCLA in 2009. Sam is the author of nine books, many of which have landed on the New York Times bestseller list, and he's also the host, as I mentioned, of his own podcast, from which today's quote originates, called Making Sense, formerly known as Waking Up. And Sam can be a polarizing figure. He has strong views on topics and regularly places himself in the public sphere, to his benefit, I might add, and has ruffled many a feather with his views on religion and politics. Surprising, considering the lightning rod that both of those topics can be. He's been steeped in different controversies over the years, and I'd be wrong not to mention that they've happened, though I don't intend to go into painful detail about any of them here. I've been following Sam Harris for a long time, listening to his podcast long before it was called Making Sense, 
and long before there was, unfortunately, a paywall between me and a lot of the content. That said, what he puts out is high quality. The conversations are good, the debate is strong, and I learn something from nearly every episode that I listen to. And again, that's not to say that Sam is not controversial and doesn't rub some people the wrong way on some of the things that he talks about. But such is the risk of putting yourself out there into, public, into the public domain. And if you don't already know of Sam Harris, and maybe you do or don't have an opinion of him, I'll leave it to you to formulate your own. I'm not here to sway you one way or the other. But as I mentioned, today's quote comes from his podcast. And it's an interesting episode as it dances around a number of different topics, with Sam delivering short monologues on each of them. And this quote, admittedly, is stitched together a bit. I left some short sentences and sections out of it in order to maintain a little more cohesion to the message. And I'm going to play it for you once more, and then we'll examine it. Here it is. We do everything a finite number of times. And yet we tend to take even beautiful moments for granted. And the rest of the time we're just trying to get through stuff. You're just trying to get to the end of whatever experience you're having. What you can know, however, is that each time you do something, pleasant or unpleasant, that is one last time you will do it. And there will come a time when you will have done something the final time. And you will rarely know when that is. When is the last time you swam in the ocean? Or went camping? When is the last time you took a walk just to take a walk? As you go about your day today, consider everything you're doing is like this. Everything represents a finite opportunity to savor your life. On some level, everything is precious. And if it doesn't seem that way, I think you'll find that paying more attention can make it seem that way. Attention really is your true source of wealth, even more than time, right? Because you can waste time being distracted. So this is just to urge you to take a little more care. Connect with your life. And this quote falls into the category of those which most of us know intrinsically, but are particularly revelatory when they're eloquently presented, like this one is. Sam has a way with words, he's a good speaker, and he's able to bring things together in such a way as to be very approachable. And if we think on this, right, the key theme here is finiteness. It is the finiteness of life, the finiteness of actions and activities, the fact that everything comes to an end. And parents, if you're one, or parents that you may know, are acutely aware of this. They get to watch before their very eyes the finiteness of life. Babies will crawl as their primary means of locomotion only for a brief time. Once they learn how to walk, there's really no reason to crawl. It's less efficient, it takes more energy, it's slower, etc. Small children require parents to spoon-feed them and wash them and dress them only for a brief time. There comes a point where that child will feed themselves, bathe themselves, and dress themselves, and no longer require the parent for that. Parents will sit down on the side of their child's bed with a favorite book and read it to them for the last time at some point. I actually have a good friend who's continued this nightly tradition far beyond what most would consider to be the young child stage. 
And now he and his child now read to each other at night, which I think is great. Those same children will only be dependent on their parents for transportation to events and even a roof over their head for so long. I think to my own mother, at some point she spoon-fed me, and she read books to me, and she drove me places, and I lived in her house, and now I do none of those things. She does none of those things for me, is what I should say. I do those things for myself. So there was a last time that my mother did those things. So parents get this. But it applies very broadly to all of us as well. We will, for example, compete competitively in a sport or some other competition for the last time at some point. If you used to play basketball in high school or college, you used to be on the debate team or band or cheer squad or race mountain bikes, but no longer do, perhaps that's you. We all have these things. It's part of the human condition. It's common. If you've had a loved one or a close friend die, you can probably think back to the last or at least one of the last conversations that you ever had with that person. I know I can. The point here is that everything is finite. Now, the cynical among us have said things like, no one goes to the polls thinking that this will be the last time they vote in a free election. But that also happens. And we need not dwell on that truly sad situation any more than necessary. But all of the things that I've mentioned so far assume that you are the one who perpetuates and continues to have other experiences. But life is also short and unpredictable and can be cruelly abrupt in its end. Consider how many people's lives were cut short between 2020 and today as a result of COVID-19. It's likely that many of them gathered around the holidays with family or friends in 2019 with no idea that in less than half a decade, many, less than a year even, would be dead. For them, that holiday was their last. They ate a last Thanksgiving meal opened a last Christmas or Hanukkah or other celebration gift. They had a last birthday, they saw a last New Year, and they went to work or the grocery store for the last time. They even had sex for the last time, had an argument for the last time, watched a final movie or TV show, read a final book. And that was it. And you may be saying, well, geez, Matt, that's depressing as hell when you put it that way. And you're right, it is. But the point of that whole exercise, for both you and for me, is to give us a moment, amid the hustle and bustle of life, to momentarily part the clouds and consider that we could literally drop dead, be hit by a bus, suffer the complications of COVID or food poisoning or sepsis from an infected cut, and be gone before the next episode of this podcast comes out. And most importantly, as Sam mentions, bring awareness to our lives. To note what is happening to us, and with us, and around us. We cannot control the universe. We know this. We often can't even control what happens immediately around us, moment by moment. But in those moments, we have a few paths we can take. First, we can attempt, futilely, to control it. Next, we can bemoan our plight, internally or aloud, and plod through, hoping ever for a soon-to-be-finished trial in our lives. Or we can be in the moment, surrounded by and affected by the circumstances, and choose 
to recognize that while potentially unpleasant, it may be the last time we do this thing. It's certainly one less time that we do this thing than we had before. And a portion of this episode, Sam's episode that is, that I didn't include references a popular post from someone we've talked about on the show before, Tim Urban. Tim Urban's the author of Wait But Why, the blog, and a recently published author as well. And in a post from 2014, Tim put together a graphic representation of 90 years of life in weeks, which is exactly 4,680 weeks as rows and columns of tiny little boxes. And what Sam references and what's profound about this is that even though it's simple, and it, it is simple, you can actually see your box. You can put your finger on that chart on the current week that you are in in your life, assuming, of course, that you live to 90 years old, which, as of the recording of this podcast, is well beyond the average lifespan, but well within the realm of possibility. My wife's grandparents, for example, are in their mid-90s. I've known many people to live into their mid-90s. Unfortunately, I know many people that never made it to the average, but that's how you get an average. So it's very possible that you'll live for 90 years. And assuming, as we listen to this, that you will live for 90 years, you can take that chart and you can put your finger on the exact week that you are right now. And that may be revealing to you. You may realize as you look at that, if you're in the first third of that chart, that well, I'm, I have a lot of life in front of me, a lot of weeks, a lot of boxes. And again, it is a lot of boxes. But it's viewable on one screen. It's printable on one piece of paper. And, simple as it is, if you allow it, it can have a profound effect on your perspective. I know it does for me. If you're around the midway mark, or maybe you're after the midway mark, or in the last third of those 90 years worth of boxes, you may have a different perspective. You may realize how much of your life has already passed and how relatively little you have left. And that could compel you to make changes to the way that you approach things, and that is the point. Consider that instead of pining for your two-week vacation once a year from your job and letting the other 50 boxes in that year be merely drudgery that you must endure, that perhaps you can seed those 50 weeks with other things to look forward to. Perhaps there are already things in those 50 weeks. Let me revise that statement. There are certainly other things within those 50 weeks that can bring you joy. You may just need to alter your perspective on them. So the point today, as we close this episode, is to be aware of just how often we wish for something to end or something to be over with. We're wishing away what may be the last time we ever do that thing. Pleasant or unpleasant. So be cognizant of that. Think about your life. Think about where you are on that chart and how many weeks you've spent and how many you have left to spend and whether it's worth wishing away certain things. Because as Sam puts it so eloquently, everything is finite. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. 
you can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks as always for listening.